A listener note, this episode of Until All Are Free features stories of exploitation that include mentions of sexual abuse, kidnapping, and other violence. I want to encourage you to care for your well-being and use discretion in deciding whether to listen in. I'm in the courtyard of a modest building that's baking in the Cartagena sun. 50 young girls between the ages of 11 and 17 years old are circled together in small groups. And the space is filled with this chatter that can only be described as vibrant, youthful. It only dies down as Juliana, a specialized aftercare coordinator, enters the space to address the group. Now, Juliana isn't her real name. We've chosen to use an alias to protect her identity in this scenario. So the girls are all participants in an aftercare program that is designed for survivors of sexual violence. It's ran by Renacer, a Colombia-based nonprofit organization. I'm here recording audio during my visit with three others, and we're all curious to observe the ways in which Renacer's programming has created a healthy, holistic space for young survivors. My goal is to make Renacer famous on the Until All Are Free podcast, at the very least, for the great work that I've heard that they're doing in Colombia. This aftercare center is, in some ways, a microcosm of the nature of human trafficking and sexual exploitation in Colombia as a whole. As the girls introduce themselves, they include their place of birth. Some are native to the country, while others have traveled from far away before finding themselves in the care of Renacer in Cartagena. Many are Venezuelans, a detail consistent with data from the region. According to the Interagency Group on Mixed Migration Flows, there are nearly 1.7 million Venezuelan refugees living in Colombia. And truthfully, many consider that estimate to be conservative. In the case of many of the young girls sitting in this room, common experiences that often befall refugees, such as loss of income, loss of family, loss of home, have left them vulnerable to sexual exploitation. But regardless of the circumstances of their exploitation, it's in this place that many find a new opportunity for healing and hope for the future. A group of four young girls donning La Pollera Colora, a brightly colored skirt that is traditional to Colombia, step forward to perform a choreographed dance. And soon after, we learn that these same young girls will be serving as our guides through the care center.
This is our playing space, donde, <laughs> donde elaboramos manualidades, donde hacemos recreaciones, leemos cuentos. Where we do crafts, recreational stuff, we read stories here. The two young girls, Adriana and Isabella, have participated in Renaissance's aftercare program for 18 months and three months, respectively. They are both 16 years old, though Isabella has only recently celebrated her birthday. Now, this particular program location does not include a live-in shelter component. Instead, Renaissance staff work directly with families and survivors to ensure that the home that each young girl or boy is located within is a safe and consistent environment as they participate in therapy and educational activities. Our tour guides move through each one of the brightly colored rooms one by one, stopping to share about the activities that take place and the way that they are finding independence and empowerment through their experiences in each space. At the end of one hallway sits two doorways. This Renaissance location employs two psychologists. They're women that work as therapists with each participant in the program on a monthly basis. Now, the in-house nature of these counselors allows for flexibility should a participant wish to meet more regularly. And this attention to and prioritization of trauma-informed care and counseling is excellence that is indicative of Renaissance's overall approach to survivor care and healing. It's also a quality that could be expected from an organization founded by Luz Stella Cardenas Ovalle. Luz carried her psychology background into her development of the organization as it launched in 1994. And today, Renacer has a dedicated presence in 11 of Colombia's departments, with heavy concentration in Antioquia, Atlantico, and Norte de Santander. My interview with Luz took place in Spanish, but you'll hear an English-speaking translator speaking over her dialogue in the following audio. <laughs> So this is a curious history, like 33 years ago I was studying at a university and my sister was doing her undergraduate project with some nuns. So they were th really thrilled with what they were doing and my sister at the time asked me if I wanted to be part of this. So uh, we started working with grown women, we started working with women that were being prostitutes. And the thing is that we started finding little girls. And the one that struck me the most was a nine-year-old girl uh, that was a nickname La Sarca, as that's the nickname that they put on the streets for uh, clear-eyed girls or clear-eyed people. So uh, this girl comes down in a whole house and she was shouting, she was yelling, I don't sell my body for nothing. And what happened at that moment is that she had a fake bill that one man paid to her for sex with a fake bill. And she wasn't considering her body, but she was crying because she was duped 
with a fake bill. I saw that moment and that was the moment that Renacer was born. So uh, that moment I had the possibility of seeing all the 35 girls. So the Chamber of Commerce of Bogota that moment uh, asked us to do an investigation where we found 1,956 girls on the street. And I remember carefully that number because that was the exact number of girls on the streets that had a lot of tough stories. We at the foundation, we have had many different discussions about what to do. Of course, this topic, being as heavy as it is, has made us feel very gloomy quite often. But we have come up with a, with a solution, with something that we consider that can help children, and is the possibility of creating protective environments. So, what do we do? We know that part of the society, I mean, not part of the society, but the whole society, is responsible for the solution. So we have to talk with all the different players, we have to talk with private companies, with the social leaders, companies, governments, schools, etc. And we need all of them together to keep an eye on the children. Whenever they find that something bad is happening, that somebody is doing something evil, they have to speak up. They have to know that something is going wrong, that somebody is affecting a little boy, a little girl, and to do something about that. And that has to be a fight that we have to give together. We have to work together to do this. We have to continue denouncing these kind of atrocities. <laughs> My experience working uh, at the Amazon, well, we have, I have worked at the Amazon, I have worked in deserts, I have worked in many different places. But, for example, I had an experience that I was working with one major in the Amazon, and he came to us telling us that some little girls were disappearing, and he had the feeling that these girls were being abducted. So I had the possibility of working with this major for two years. Um, we checked on the streets, we talked with the girls, and we found out that many of these girls were being exploited, for, uh, were victims of sex exploitation. And the thing is that the Amazon has a large border where we have three different countries. We have Peru, Brazil and Colombia that are part of this border. And this border is crossed by all the Amazon River, and at one side of the river, we have the coca crops. And at the other side, we have the workers. So drug trafficking is heavy in this area. And what happened quite often is that the raspachines, that is the name that we give to the coca harvesters, they were being paid with sex. So, and many of them wanted to have sex with little girls. So what they did is that they set some boats on the river and they were looking, were hunting for girls that were uh, leaving school, for example, or were going to do something. They were being abducted to have sex with these raspachines. And the thing is that quite often these girls just were tossed out of the boat and they were murdered and they were taken out. They were just taken to drown at the river. So, 
What we did is that we created a lot of awareness. We talked with a lot of officers in the border from the three countries and they were working as well as we created awareness with civil society. And we went to many different places in this area. We talked with uh, the people, we talked with the girls, we talked with the other players that we had around. And what we did is that we started creating actions to save these girls. And we did this work with the police and we did all this also with the general attorneys at the area. With all the efforts that we were able to have this time, we were able to capture several groups of sex traffickers. So what we did is that we had all our staff ready for the legal part, for the counseling part, for the feeling part. Everybody was giving their own part, their own job, to have these girls safe and feeling better after something horrendous happened to them. I have had the the great pleasure of saving rescuing girls from many different uh, indigenous groups, from Yokunas, Tikunas, the Guajira, the Wayu. What we are trying to do and what uh, Renacer is doing is helping a lot to bring, bring these little children, these little girls, safe to the society again. So we at the civil society do so. Hey there, listeners. I want to take a quick pause in the episode to let you know of an incredibly impactful way that you can make freedom possible through the work of the Exodus Road. We rely on our search and rescue community. It's a group of dedicated supporters who fuel intervention and aftercare work on the front lines with a monthly gift. A gift of $40 will empower one night of investigation and aftercare on the front lines, but truly a gift of any amount helps move freedom forward. So if you want to take action with operatives, law enforcement, and aftercare workers, you can do so today by visiting theexodusroad.com slash search and rescue. Um, I ask this question of everyone who's an expert in the, in the anti-trafficking space. I ask them what the word rescue means to them and if they think it's helpful in the industry, in, in the cause. Sí, es que a veces... Hay distintos momentos. Para mí, el, el, el rescate eh, es cuando tú la sacas del sitio. Ese es el primero. Rescue is a tough word. Um, I would say that a rescue goes through different times. And maybe the, the first moment of rescue is the moment when these little children are taken out from the hands of these sex traffickers and others. That is the first part after we take this girl out. We have to start working with the other elements that are important. So we have to do some emotional recovery and we have to to think about that part that is the most important. But the, in order to achieve this, in order to accomplish this, we need them to do the work. And the thing is that children are strong. They are the strongest in terms of resilience, in terms of what they do to feel better, to rescue themselves from that situation. So it's about making them realize that they were being abused, they were being attacked, they were being affected. And it's a process, it's a tough recovery process 
where we have to bond with them and we have to make them feel better and to feel that they are being safe again. So, again, recapping, I would say there are two moments in rescue. First, the physical rescue when the kid is taken from these uh, condition and then the second one where the kid is taken back to a normalcy, to a moment where the kid is feeling fine by his work and with the work that we together do. So I cannot say that I'm a saviour. Uh, I'm not better than others. I know that a lot of people is saying that, oh, you give so much for everybody, you are just being like a saint, and it's, it's not like that. I'm just doing what I can do, and my team is doing what they can do, we're trying to be professional, we are trying to help as many kids as we can because that was my commitment and that's what I want and I intend to continue doing for a long time. What's your favorite thing to study? What's your favorite Eh, hablar diferentes idiomas, I would like to be a, an, a flight attendant yeah. because I would like to learn more languages. I love languages. Pero yeah. como les dije, se me ha hecho difícil por los, los dispositivos, los pocos dispositivos que tenemos. But it's been a little hard because we're like, yeah. Porque but somos muchos y también hay que haber equidad, ¿no? And we have to have equity, all of us the same. Yeah. <laughs> Can we ask her the same question? Like, what does she like to study and what? Um, Derecho. Quiero estudiar Derecho. Porque quiero defender los derechos de las personas. I would like to study law because I would like to defend other people's rights. Quiero defender a niñas que han sido vulneradas por parte de agresores. So I just want to say um, they've done a great job of, of showing us around their home. How long have you been here? A year and six months. Wow, okay. Yeah, you... Um, you both have um, welcomed us so well, and the, the love that you put into this was really clear. It's really easy to see. Yeah. You're going to make a great flight attendant. And a great lawyer. It's our pleasure that you're here in our home. Mm, yeah. We hope that you, you stay here forever. <laughs> 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 Thank you.
At the Exodus Road, we are passionate about elevating the work of the nationals that are disrupting systemic human trafficking in their own countries. So to the staff of Renacer, all throughout the country of Colombia, but especially those located in Cartagena, thank you for opening your doors to us and sharing your passion for the exploited youth of your country. To learn more about and to support the work of Renacer, please visit their website, fundacionrenacer.org. We'll also link to it from the show notes of this episode. Until All Are Free is a podcast by the Exodus Road, we disrupt the darkness of modern-day slavery by partnering with law enforcement to fight human trafficking crime, equipping communities to protect the vulnerable, and empowering survivors as they walk into freedom. Learn more and take action with us today at theexodusroad.com. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Preston Goff. Special thanks to City of Sound for the music that you're hearing on the outro of this episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, will you do me a favor and take a moment to leave us a review? It really helps. Killers for the street.